Good afternoon, Regeneration Nashville. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. We are so grateful for the things of God, and we're so grateful for all of you that have joined us here today in Nashville to worship the Lord together. You are the Regeneration Nashville family. We love you, and we believe that God is going to do something amazing today in this service in your life. And we also want to take a minute and welcome and, and thank all of our online members and guests that are joining us from all over the world. We believe that the, the long arm of the Lord is reaching out and touching you today. You too, even though you physically can't be with us here today, you too are part of the Regeneration Nashville family. You are in our prayers. We love you, and we believe God is going to do something amazing in your life today. So why don't we all stand together and honor the Lord as we go to him in prayer. Father God, Lord, we look around in the world today, and there's so much conflict. There's so much discord. The enemy has come in like a flood, but we know your word is true, and you say when the enemy does that, your spirit is going to come in with an answer, with a banner, oh God, and it's going to rise up against that, oh God. So Lord, right now, we bind every spirit of delay, every spirit of discouragement, oh God, Lord, because we know that in this house today and all over the world that are people that are tuning in, you have made promises, Lord, and you have made promises, and your promises are true today, oh God. So Lord, we stand like Abraham, as Paul described, that he did not stagger at the promises of God because of unbelief, but he stood strong and gave glory to God, knowing and being fully persuaded that he who made those promises was more than able to be to provide for them. So we call you Jehovah Jireh today, oh God. Lord, in this service, not only in our lives, but Jehovah Jireh today, in this moment, you are an on-time God, and so we're believing you today for signs and wonders, oh God. Lord, we bind every spirit of infirmity. We believe that even now, cancer is going to be healed in this service today, oh God. Blood disease, kidney disease, oh God. Financial lack, debt, oh God. We say to those mountains of debt, be cast into the sea and removed in the glory of God. So we invite you into your presence. Perhaps the greatest promise, oh God, and you say all your promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And that promise, Jesus, you said that if two or more are gathered in my midst, that I'm in the midst of them, and in my name, oh God. So right now, we thank you. We invite you into this house, oh God, to walk amongst us, oh God. Lord, we grab hold of your promises, oh Lord, and we say thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Lord, we pray an anointing, a double portion of your spirit on the, on the praise and worship team, oh God, on Pastor Jasmine, oh God. Lord, that every yoke is being broken right now, even as she starts to lift up that praise and worship into your throne all across this world, oh God. Lord, and we also thank you for the man of God. Lord, we believe that you are prepared, you've prepared his heart with a word, Lord, that's going to come out of his belly like a, a river of living water, oh God. So we bind any spirit, any weapon formed against that word, oh God, Lord, because we know it's the word that we need for this season. You are preparing. We're not a, we're not a regular church, oh God. We're a remnant, oh God. Lord, we believe that our God is about to part that Red Sea, oh God, and we're going across to the other side, oh God. So we declare victory in the name of Jesus in this house today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, oh God.
you just lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord? Father, we thank you. Come on, just tell him how good he is. Lord, your good and your mercy endureth forever. Father, you're gracious and kind and full of compassion.
presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just wait on him.
Just us. Come on, just the voices. Great thy faithfulness. Great thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new been faithful to you. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Come on, church. He deserves the glory. Come on, he deserves the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Shake a hand. Tell someone you love them. And welcome the Regeneration Nashville Choir.
Wow. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost power. I feel it in this place. Amen. I love this house. I love this house. There's a lot of mercy here, and there's grace, and it falls like rain in this house. How many of y'all saw Pastor and Candy um, do their little media clip in the old, I mean, in the new church? Y'all see that? Did you see at the end, Pastor wanted to do the, has anybody told you today? Did y'all see that? He's trying to steal that from her, right? Well, when I saw that, I thought, Pastor, we get a text every morning with the scripture from Candy. And at the end of that, at the end of the scripture, she tells us that she loves us. So, Pastor, she's a little earlier than you unless you do something earlier than 7 (laughs) a.m. Well, amen. Is everybody doing good today? I come with some good news today. I'm going to put it out there, but it's going to be up to you to grasp onto it and hang on to it. Okay? But I do come with some good news. And here's the good news. Our God is able. I don't think you heard it really good. Our God is able. And what that means is whatever you're going through today, whatever your need is today, our God is able to answer it, to supply it, to take care of it. All you got to do is grab on to it. Amen. Hallelujah. If you'll stand up with me, we are going to do our declaration. And I'm used to those words being side by side up there. But we're going. And listen, we want you online. We welcome you one more time today. But we want you online to do this declaration along with us as we prepare for our tithes and offerings. You ready? Okay, here we go. Ready? Let's do it together. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing Him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and serve the people. You know, we have several different ways that we can give. You can text to give, and you see it up on uh, on the screens there. You can text the donation amount to 615-645-3900. You can give online, or you can give to one of the ushers. God bless you. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. How are y'all doing? You glad to be in the house of the Lord? If no one's told you they love you today, I want to be the first. I love you because Pastor Kent hadn't gotten up here to steal my line. Funny story. Uh, today I hugged a lady in the, in the lobby, and she said her husband this morning uh, hugged her and said, If no one's told you they love you today, Pastor Candy will. So I know a, a lot of couples that hurry up in the car on the way to church to tell each other they love, they love each other so that I'm not the first. But I do love you, and I'm glad to be here and be here with you. Today is a very special day. But first, I, you know, I just want to say how much we appreciate the choir. 
you, you may not realize it, but there's some of the hardest working people in this church. They get, every Sunday they go a couple of hours in advance and they uh, practice together and they practice all the worship songs and then they practice all of their material they're doing and they're getting ready for Christmas and all of that. And so they're very hardworking and anointed. Did you love Demetrius up here singing? My goodness. I'm going to tell you what, that, that's a powerful woman. That's not just another pretty face. She's a praying woman and running for political office. She's all right now. Yeah, that's right. So we love our Demetrius and we love our choir. And I just, I, you know what, I just wanted to say that, that we love them and we appreciate all their hard work here at Regeneration Nashville. Also, today is a very special day because our son, Nicholas, um, has his 30th birthday today. And I, I just can't, I can hardly believe it. Many of you know his story that um, his, he, he, so today is October the 15th, but his due date, uh, the doctor said, the sonogram said between January 12th and January 18th. So he really wasn't supposed to be born for another three months. And, uh, and God just miraculously stepped in. But then I don't know why Jasmine picked that song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness Today. Is that amazing, that beautiful song? And I just eased over to my husband and I said, that song got us through some very, very dark days in the NICU with Nicholas during that three months that he was in the hospital. So I just want to say happy birthday, Nicholas. We love you. He's doing a fantastic job as youth pastor and missions director, and so we honor you today on your birthday. And I'm taking applications for a daughter-in-law after service, so I get in trouble when I say that. So uh, I just want to welcome some folks that are here traveling today. I met uh, a couple from Palm Springs, California, or on, in the mountains behind. I, I don't. I couldn't get all the geography. Where are y'all at? Right there. Stand up and let us welcome you. We're honored to have you here today. God bless you. Beautiful, beautiful people, wonderful testimonies. And then I met some people from Sacramento, California. Would you honor us to stand and let us, let us welcome you? So glad to have you here today. So California is well represented here. We love you guys. Anybody else from California here today? You're from California. Where in California? Well, stand and let us welcome you. Wow. So glad to have you here. Uh, so we've got some Arizona folk. Where is Arizona? Arizona. Stand. Let us welcome you. Glad to have you here. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And Louisiana. Where is Louisiana? Stand. Yes, we welcome you. Welcome to Nashville. Yeah, so am I, oh, Florida, is there Florida, Florida here today? Where's Florida? Where are you? Ah, welcome, welcome. Glad to have Florida. Is anybody else? Illinois, stand Illinois, let us welcome you. So honored to have you with us in Nashville today. God bless you. Anybody else from out of state? Missouri, stand Missouri, let us welcome you. We're honored that you're here in Nashville today. God bless you. All right, anybody else from out of state? Indiana, stand Indiana, we welcome you. 
God bless you. Thank you for being with us today at Regeneration Nashville. Anybody else? North Carolina. Stand, North Carolina. We welcome you. God bless you. Thank you for making the journey. We're glad to have you. Anybody else? Virginia. Stand, Virginia. There you are. Welcome to Nashville. God bless you. Anybody else? Minnesota. Did you hear her? Stand. Where's Minnesota? Stand up. We're glad you're here. I think they just travel all this way just to hear me say Minnesota. Anybody else? All right. Well, we're so happy that you're here. I just have some, some little reminders for you that we have our, uh, our tent revival coming up. We're very excited about our tent revival. Brother Tony Suarez, Sister Karen Wheaton, we're honored to have both of them. And, uh, and so also I want to remind you that if you... Uh, don't have a job during the day maybe you're retired or you got some vacation time or whatever and would not mind helping us set up the tent in the parking lot at 709 Rivergate Parkway that's where our uh, camp meeting will be and so uh, if you can go online and sign up and let me know that you can help us we would greatly appreciate it I just also want to give a shout out to brother Timothy Dixon and his wife Rose who have donated that tent for our camp meeting. I'm telling you what, that is, that is kingdom, that's kingdom building, that's kingdom mentality right now, right there. So we honor you and we love you for that. And so uh, I also want to remind you that the youth are going to Honeysuckle Hill Farms October the 21st for a corn maze, hay rides, and more. So the youth are going on an outing. And so see Pastor Nick or, or sign up. And we want your youth to be involved and uh, have community and belong and to feel comfortable with our youth group and have a good time. Also, our Harvest Festival is Jasmine in the... Jasmine, I want you to come up here for me a minute. Our Harvest Festival... Uh, at the new property on October the 30th, and it is going to be amazing. It's a church-wide event, and if any of you are from out of town uh, want to travel in and be with us, I'm going to impose on you. You look so pretty today. But you know what? You were just anointed on that song. Your dad's going to come up here and preach here in a minute. And I wondered if one more time, you could lead us in great is thy faithfulness. Would you be willing to do that? Would y'all like that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness.
give him a, a praise. Hallelujah, he's been so good. I think that's the thing that you remember the most about God after serving him for several years is the faithfulness of the Lord. And when I think about the Lord, I don't think as much about what I think he's going to do as I think about what he's already done. Hallelujah. Well, if nobody has told you they love you today, no, wait. That really means it. Let me be the first. Amen. Amen. They set themselves up for that. I'm sorry. I want you to turn with me uh, as you stand today to Genesis chapter 22. And we want to read what the sacred pen, holy men of old, wrote under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Um, we're going to read a fairly lengthy text. I'm going to read you 12 verses but I feel like we need the entirety of this narrative in order to fully comprehend what God wants to say to us. Starting with verse 1 of <clears throat> chapter 22, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt, really not a good word, God did test Abraham, said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he clave the wood for the burnt offering, rose up, went <clears throat> unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and we will come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and he said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and he laid the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched forth his knife and took the knife to slay his son. 
the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. You can be seated. verse starts out here, and it came after, pass after these things that God did test Abraham. The writer here begins to write, and he says, it came after these things that God tests Abraham. What things? The last 25 years. In fact, it's, it's much more than that. It's um, Jewish rabbis and the Tamun be, believe that Isaac was probably in his 30s at the time of this story. So <clears throat> Isaac wasn't born till Abraham was 100. And so there's 25 years before Isaac ever comes into the picture that God has led Abraham on this journey. And oh, what a journey it's been. It's had its ups and its downs. It's had its moments of seemingly impossibilities and then the divine moments where God himself would show up and begin to talk with Abraham and he would reveal things to him and they reached a place in relationship where it says that Abraham, God called him his friend. I think that if I could pick one thing that I want to be to God, it's not to be a great pastor or a great preacher. It's just to be God's friend. And so... Then after the birth of Isaac, if it lets, I personally think this story mirrors, most theologians believe this, that it mirrors Calvary. That Abraham is a type of God the Father. Isaac is a type of Jesus Christ because all of these things center around geographical locations that later on are fulfilled in this story. So if Isaac is 33 plus 25, it puts him somewhere from the time that God calls Abraham out of Haran or the Ur of Chaldees to the moment that he's at this mountain, it is well over 50 years that Abraham has walked with God. I, uh, I'm in my 60th year of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was nine years old when I received the Holy Spirit. When I was younger, I thought that um, 
after a couple of real tests of faith that me and God would be good and that those things wouldn't come up anymore because God would already be convinced that, that I was at that level that he needed me to be. But I have found that the longer I serve God, that when he does test me, the test is always harder than the last one. It's just the way God is. And, and I, I'm, I feel like God has given me a rhema word today because this centers around where we are in, in what we're doing and the vision of building our building. And um, so you have here after 50-some years that God, the Bible says that God tests Abraham. And you would think, God, after all of these years that of everything that he has passed, why? Because this is the ultimate test that will define Abraham's purpose that will reach into the millennials to come. I believe that this church, his greatest impact is yet to come. But I also know this that we are standing at the foot of the mountain and we are hearing the voice of God ask us of something that we have never been asked before. We are being challenged by God and the Lord, it says he's going to test him and, and he calls his name. Would have Abraham answered God and said, here I am if he would have known what God was going to say in verse 2. He said, take thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Previous chapter, the Lord has caused Ishmael to be gone. Ishmael came out of the loins of Abraham but he did not come out of the purpose of God. He came because the challenge of living by faith became too difficult. And so the arm of flesh was going to produce what God had promised. But flesh can never fulfill what God has promised in the spirit realm. It is not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so God is very emphatic here when he begins to drive home to Abraham. He says, take thy son, thy only son. Wait, God, that's not his only son. But God wasn't dealing with just the natural realm. He was dealing with the affections of Abraham's heart. And he was saying, Abraham, you have only one son that's in your heart. Not Ishmael. Ishmael had been gone for some time. There's no recounting of Abraham ever going to find Ishmael and bring him back. He became accustomed to him being gone because there was not the love in his heart that he had for Isaac. But when he looked at Isaac, he realized, that's my boy. 
He should not be here but for the grace and the power of God. And when you get a hold of something that only the provision of God can produce, it'll get in your heart and you will hold a depth of appreciation for it like nothing else. So God says, I want what you love the most. I don't want your Ishmael because that's no sacrifice. David made this statement. He said, I will offer to God, I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. Everybody wants to give God a sacrifice, but they want it to be an Ishmael. Because once you kill it, it didn't hurt you. You don't miss it. You just do it right in stride. You go, that went too bad. Okay, God, I want your best. Now God say no, because it didn't come out of the heart. This is why the Bible says man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so God begins to speak, and he said, I want you to give me what you love the most. Go to the land of Moriah and then he makes this profound request. Offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Moriah was a range of mountains. And God tells him, he says, I'm not going to tell you which mountain. He said, I'll, I'll tell you once you get close. This is what, um, what is... 33 and, and 25. Is that 58? 58 years of being obedient to God produces quick obedience. Verse 3, Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled the donkey. And I, I think that because Sarah's not in this narrative. I don't think Abraham went in that morning and kissed Sarah and because Sarah is now truly old. She has done that amazing, miraculous birth, and that's her boy. He didn't mean bend down and kiss her and said, I love you. I'll be back in three days. She said, where are you going? I'm going to kill Isaac. And then I'm going to set him on fire, and I'm going to burn him into ashes. I don't think that Sarah can handle that. There are seasons in God that God is going to require something of you that's going to define the rest of your life that other people can't go with you on that journey. It is a journey of loneliness. It's a journey of solitude. It's a journey where, because God, the Bible says, tells him to go somewhere, and it's a three-day journey. It's not like it's an hour away. So what is God doing? He is amping up the impact of what he is asking of Abraham because he's telling Abraham, I've already told you what you're going to do. Now I want you to think about it for three days. You see, it's in those moments 
that you start reflecting on what God's asking, that if you're not careful, your flesh will get involved and your mind will begin to make excuses why you cannot do it. And so now Abraham is walking in this difficult, emotional, traumatic season of three days that, that Isaac has no clue what Abraham is up to. He just thinks they're going to sacrifice. And, and he's talking to his daddy. He said, where are we going? He said, son, we're going up to offer a sacrifice to the Lord on the mountains. And Isaac's thinking, this is a good time. I'm with my dad and, and everything is good. But he didn't know that he was a sacrifice. But Abraham did. And every time he looked at Isaac, he saw a dead boy that was on fire. When you think of this story, and this has been a, really a conflicting issue for so many Christians because when... They think about God asking Abraham to kill Isaac. It's so contrary to the nature of God that God is asking for, for Abraham to sacrifice his son. And yet later on when you read where, where God is dealing with Israel so many times, he will tell them, I'm bringing judgment on you because you have taken on the ways of the heathen and you have sacrificed your sons and your daughters to the god Molech. And you have caused him to pass through the fire. And yet here God is with Abraham telling him, I want you to sacrifice your son in fire to me. But there are at least two instances. One is in, if I rem if, see if I wrote it down, one is in, the, uh, you don't have to turn, but you can put it in your notes. One is in Jeremiah chapter 19 and 5. The other is in Jeremiah chapter 7 and thir verse 31. And when God is dealing with what the Israelites have done with their children, he says this. He said, I never asked them to, and it never even came into my mind. So I want to preface this story by saying from the very beginning, Isaac never was going to die. Either Abraham was not going to kill him because of unbelief, and God the Father was not going to come down and kill him. So Isaac was saved from the very moment that God gave the edict, kill him. He never was going to die. But God will ask you of things that looks like death is going to come in. But the Lord says, you don't realize that I am a God of life and not death. And when I ask you of something where it looks like it's over, it's never over because he said it never ever came into my mind. So when God was asking for Abraham to kill Isaac, it never came into his mind that Isaac was actually going to die. What he wanted was he wanted Isaac to die in the heart of Abraham because only God can rule in your heart.
This story, boy, God really dropped this in my spirit this week. This story, when you read it, it looks like that God is asking Abraham to give him something. This story was not about God asking Abraham to give him something. This story was about God wanting to give Abraham something. But Abraham had to position himself. This wasn't about, God didn't need a dead boy. But God had to do something, hallelujah, to bring him into a position because something supernatural was getting ready to happen. And I don't think that Abraham could have done this when he was 80 years old or 90 years old. And at 100, he is celebrating the birth of this boy. And and then for all of these years, he gets to live with him. And they go hunting together and they go fishing together. And he's excited about that their day's coming when Isaac or or Abraham, his son, Isaac's going to get married. uh, Never dreaming that out of the blue, God would come along and, and make such an absurd demand. And he's on this journey I really, I, I want to stay in, in, in chronological order here. Uh, it says that he rises up early in the morning and he's headed to the place that God told him. Verse 4, then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar. And Abraham said unto the young men, Abide ye here with the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto thee. This was the turning point in this story. Because God won't tell him where he's going, but, but this Abraham should have been used to this because God would tell him to go somewhere, and they would ask Abraham, they would say, where are you going? He said, I don't know where I'm going, but I know one thing. I'm looking for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I, I, when we sit with our planning committee about the building that we're building, I don't have the answers, but I know one thing, hallelujah. We are headed for a city whose builder and maker is God by the power of the Holy Ghost. And in the process of that, God is demanding of us, and I'm not talking about money, but God is demanding of us that you're going to have to kill everything that you hold on to, every arm of flesh, every means that you've got. And I want you to empty your heart out, and I want you to give me something that it looks like you'll never get back. But see, something was getting ready to shift. He's on this journey. And on the third day, he looks up. And he sees Mount Moriah. He sees where... Most writers believe that Jesus was crucified because it was in that range. What Abraham didn't know, that God was bringing him to a place called resurrection. Hallelujah. See, when God asks you of something, it goes through the dying process. 
because with Abraham, he's now, um, he's somewhere probably 133 years old, something like that. So when he's looking at Isaac, and he knows what Sarah is like at home, he also knows this, that it's impossible that we will ever have another son. That's not going to happen again. That we are way past God doing what he already did. And so, when he's walking to this mountain in John chapter 8, Jesus makes this unusual statement. He said, Abraham rejoiced when he saw my day. And I thought about that. Lord, what does that mean? I think because Abraham was obedient and he was a father of faith. That on that third day when he got close, hallelujah, to Calvary's mountain. That the Lord opened up the spirit realm. And he looked into there. And God let him see that when Jesus was dead and tore up and demolished beyond any man's imagination. That on the third day, hallelujah, there was a shift from the realm of flesh over to the realm of resurrection. And he saw a tomb open. And he saw come out of a tomb the man who had been crucified. And God was telling him, you go ahead and kill him, but you're in resurrection territory. And when it looks like it's over, there is a release of the anointing of resurrection ready to come to pass. I tell you, by the Spirit, we are stepping over into another realm where God said, you didn't do it by might. You didn't do it by flesh. You did it standing in the middle of resurrection. You will never change the world with something that flesh has birthed. It's impossible. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. And he sees, if he sees what I think he saw, he saw Jesus' day. He realizes that I've still got to do what I've got to do. But Romans chapter 4, starting with verse 17, said this. Hallelujah. He had already not considered the deadness of Sarah's womb or his loins dead. But he believed that God was able to speak things that are not as though they are and to quicken those things which are dead. The word quicken means to make alive. And as he's standing at the foot of that mountain, and he's looking at the wood on the donkey, and he's looking at that 
boy, hallelujah, that has his heart that his whole life is wrapped up in. And he's looking and he's thinking about what God is telling me to do. But he had already saw, hallelujah, that Isaac was a type. Hebrews says this, chapter 11, that Abraham received Isaac back from the dead in the figure of that which was to come. Hallelujah. He had saw. Can I tell you by the Spirit that if God challenges you in a realm of your life, and he will challenge you, and he'll say, I want you to give me what you love. I want you to give me something that when you do it looks like it's lost forever. I want you to give me something that will tear your heart out so, so you can show me that you love me. But oh, when you do, hallelujah, God begins to loose a resurrection anointing. And he says, I was asking you for something, but now you've opened up a realm where I want to give you something. Hallelujah. And what I'm getting ready to give you will be written down in the annals of time, and they will call you the father of many nations. Young men with him. Abraham looked at him and he said, you can't go where we're going. Because there are times where God, what he's doing is so sacred. And it's naked unto God. That people that don't understand don't get to gaze on it. God shrouds it. Hallelujah. That's why at Calvary, when the Father is laying all the sins on Jesus, that he turned the lights out for three hours. And it got dark. And even those that stood next to the cross could not see what was going on between Jesus and the Father because it was an intimate exchange. There are things, hallelujah, that we think it's about God asking us for something and all God is saying, no, it's about you positioning yourself because I have something so glorious that I want to release to you. And, and he looked at those boys and he said, y'all got to stay here. And he said, me and the lad are headed up the mountain to worship. Not to intercede. Not to ask God to change his mind. Abraham was saying, I'm at peace with what my father has asked of me. Do I like it? No. But I know this, that I am coming down off of this mountain. Hallelujah, not alone. Yes, hallelujah. He said, I'm going up to worship in the middle of heartbreak, in the middle of perhaps loss. But he said, I'm going to worship God in the midst of that and he said, I will come down off of this mountain, hallelujah, with Isaac. Yes. 
Can I tell you, no matter where we are right now in the spirit realm, we will come back down off of the mountain, triumphant, full of the Holy Ghost, victorious. You say, Pastor, how? I don't know how, but I know this, that he's not a God of the dead, but he's a God of the living. Hallelujah. And he takes no pleasure in the death of his servants. Now, as we get to verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand. Boy, there's such a type in the shadow. If Isaac's a type of Jesus, look at this. Isaac is carrying the wood up the mountain. Who carried the cross up the Calvary? Jesus. They put the cross on him, and he's carrying it up. And, you know, he wasn't, I, Abraham wasn't some superhero. Walking by faith doesn't mean that you won't cry. Hallelujah. Walking by faith doesn't mean you don't have some moments. But at the end of the day, hallelujah, what comes out is not indicting. It's worship. Hallelujah. It's worship. I love you. I praise you. God, I don't understand you. You're so far beyond my ways. I don't even think like you. I don't know why you're doing this, but God, I know that your ways are past finding out, and I just want you to know I love you. You know what the word tempt means? It means to honor, to respect, to reverence. And to stand in awe. That's, or not tempt, but fear is God. It, that's, it, it means that you're not terrified of God. Verse 7, Isaac, you know, they're, they're top of the mountain now. And it's just Isaac and Abraham and a knife and some wood. But Isaac's familiar with the burnt offering. He's watched his dad do it many times. Isaac, verse 7, says to his father, he said, Father, sit here, my, my son. He said, I see the fire and I see the wood. Where's the lamb? for the burnt offering. And Abraham said, Son, God will provide. Hallelujah. Himself a lamb for the burnt offering. 
So they went, both of them, together. I think Isaac, you know, being a grown man, he obviously wasn't, I don't think he was stupid. Some new thoughts are beginning to occur now. And verse 9, they they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham, uh, he started building an altar, and Isaac's standing there watching him, and he gathers some stones and puts them together, and Maybe Isaac's helping him pick up some of the large rocks, and they're putting them there. And, and then Abraham, Bible says he took the wood, and he laid it out on that, on that altar. And there's not really a very detailed narrative of what happens next, verse 9, it says that he laid the wood in order, and then um, this does not do justice to what's getting ready to take place. It says that Abraham bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him on the altar of wood. First of all, I'm pretty sure that a virile 33-year-old man would be able to take a 133-year-old man. So what a testimony of a father that has lived a life so exemplary, exemplary before his son, that his son without question trusts his life with his dad. And when I, I begin to <clears throat> do some research on this, it does, the Bible doesn't tell us what happened, but the Bible says this about Jesus, that he laid down his life freely. And this old man looks at the very love of his life. And he says, I need you to let me tie you up. And Isaac laid down on the ground. And this man of God took rope. And Isaac's on his stomach. And Abraham took the legs of his boy. And he said, give me your hand, son. And He stuck his hands back there, and Abraham tied him up like an animal because what he was getting ready to do required him to enact what a burnt offering was. Abraham took that boy and 
tied him up <clears throat> as a sacrifice. And the Bible said he laid him on the altar. The, the confliction here is that God calls Isaac, Abraham's seed, 17 times before this moment. Seed that stays in a bag is just buried. It's worthless. Doesn't matter its DNA or its potential. As long as seed stays in a bag, it will never make an impact on anyone. It will never feed anybody. It will never produce an orchard. It will never create shade. It will never make a tree grow because in the bag, its environment is like a coffin. The Bible says this, except a seed fallen to the ground and die, it abides alone. Abraham missed this. It never occurred to him. Whenever God tells you that he's given you seed, get ready. He's going to ask for it back. Seed has to be planted. And either you keep it in a bag buried or you put it in the soil and you plant it. And God was not telling Abraham, I want you to bury your son. He was telling him, he is the seed of many nations. But there will never be many nations come out of the loins of your bowels unless you take that which you love with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And trust me enough to Put him in the ground. Put him on fire and believe that God will loose an anointing in the atmosphere that will resurrect him from the grave. We can either be a seed in a bag church or else we can be a people who are willing to plant the seed at the very cost of what we love the most. That's really where I'm at right now as the pastor of this church. I'm not sure I would have stepped out on this building program if I'd have known eventually how much money it was going to cost. We were... My wife was talking with a precious pastor <clears throat> last week, and they've been such a blessing to the bridge ministry, and they were asking us about the building program. And my wife said, you know, well, we're just believing God by faith. And he said, you know, when we built our church, I went to the Lord in prayer because it was so beyond anything I'd ever done. I told the Lord, I said, I've never built a church. The Lord said, that's all right, I have. And so, you know, I'm thinking in terms of, do, I, do we stop the program? Well, do we go borrow more money? But see, if, if I go borrow more money, 
I'm just giving an Ishmael. We, step, we go in that building, we celebrate, but we can't say God did it. Or else we can just trust the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. We either, we just, we just declare. You know why? Because the church isn't going to die. The building is never going to be incomplete. God's going to do it. But you have to go through the death process to get to the resurrection place. <clears throat> So now he has this boy, and he's reflecting, you know, <clears throat> years ago, 30, 30, and my wife reminded me of this today, 30 years ago today, I stood in the hospital at Children's uh, Hospital, and Nick had just been born. He weighed Mount, Di or Mount Diablo, yeah. Nick had just been born, and um, he had a hole in his heart. He had two hernias. He weighed two pounds. He couldn't breathe on his own. He couldn't eat food on his own. He couldn't generate body heat. He was only in the second trimester. He was covered with this. It looked like a fur. It's a down that's on a, on a, on a, <clears throat> a fetus at that stage of development. And uh, I, I went into the room. And they did a cesarean, and <clears throat> I watched them pull him out of her belly, and he did not look human. And um, they told me, they said, he's not going to live, but if he does, it won't be good because he's going to have such, he's going to be blind. Um, he'll probably be uh, mentally challenged. He will be <clears throat> extremely undersized. And it would be better if he just doesn't make it. And a year and a half before that, God had challenged my wife to, my, and myself to start giving 50% of our gross. And I've, I've told you the story, and on that journey, it was so difficult. And, you know, we <clears throat> finally reached a place to where it looked like we would lose our home. And I was seeking the Lord that day and I had been preaching on Abraham and Isaac. And um, <clears throat> that day I was standing there in the hospital, and I was crying. I was by myself. And I, be, before that, I, when we got ready to lose our home, uh, we had several hundred dollars in tithe in offerings, and um, <clears throat> I, I thought we, we can take that and catch up or else we can give it to God like we committed and believe that God was going to save our home. And so that day when I wrote that check, I think it was like $1,800 that I wrote to the Lord. I said, today I'm giving you my Isaac. I said, I'm giving you my house. I'm giving my credit rating. I'm giving you everything I got because I know you asked me to do this. And 30 years ago today, I'm standing at hospital with this infant boy that they're telling me the bill will be three-quarters of a million dollars. We have no health insurance. 
And I said, God, what do I do? And the Lord said, because you gave me your Isaac, I'm going to give you your son. He's going to live. Last week, you watched that boy stand up here and prophesy under the anointing of God because God challenges us. But he doesn't make, he doesn't make the sacrifice. He makes you make it. And here he is. He's, he's 130-some years old, and he's looking at the greatest gift that God has ever given him. The summation of his life is wrapped up in the fact that he can sing as he looks at Isaac, great is thy faithfulness, oh God, my Father. And as he's standing there looking at him, hallelujah, and worshiping God, and he's looking at Isaac tied up. Oh, he had to reach down, and he got a hold of his boy's head, and he pulled it back because he's going to offer him as a burnt offering, and he's going to take a knife and he's going to slice Isaac's throat and the blood is going to gush out and then God said I want you to light the wood and I want you to burn him to ashes and yet Abraham's saying but you said this was seed and God said it is but right now you're planting him by faith. No wonder he's called the father of faith. Did we really think that we could just waltz in to the next level and say look what God has done. No. God is saying to all of us, uh, you got to come up to another level in me. Uh, you got to serve him with all your heart, all your soul, uh, all your mind, all your strength. Uh, and when you convince God, see, God never knew. God knew Isaac would never die. But Abraham didn't. He'd already killed him in his heart. See, we all want God to take us to the edge of the fiery furnace. But we don't want to go in. We want to sing about, look how God put the fire out. <clears throat> but God never got in the fiery furnace until they got in there first. And when he pulled Isaac's head back. Isaac looks at him. I don't know if he said, son, forgive me. And he went to pull the knife across the throat of that which he loved. God stepped up and said, Abraham! Hold the knife! It's over! Now I know, hallelujah, now I know, now I know that you love me. Now I know that you fear me. Now I know if you fear me, now I know you stand in awe of me, that you honor me, that you reverence me, that you love me more than your boy. You can't love the seed more than the seed giver. You can't. You got to pay the price. 
all God asks of us, all God asked of Abraham was, you do what I said to do, and I'll take care of it. What Abraham didn't know was while he was going up the mountain to worship, on the backside of the mountain, was walking a ram. He couldn't see the, provi the provision that was coming. Had too many tears in his eyes. He was looking at Isaac too much. He didn't know. See, God knew. And I did some study on this. And they say that the elevation of where that ram was was not supposed to be there because rams don't climb that height. And yet God took a ram that its nature said, too high for me. God said, keep on climbing. Hallelujah. Because God will make the provision show up where you've walked it out by faith. Hallelujah. He will make the ram come to whatever place that you have walked to by the Spirit of the Lord. And when he hollered, hold the knife. And he looked up. He saw the ram caught in the thicket. <clears throat> and God said, untie him. Now, you talk about some shouting. Here's the beauty. The knife that should have killed Isaac was the knife that loosed him. What you think is going to bring an end, God says is going to bring liberation. Hallelujah. <clears throat> because if Abraham never would have been willing to kill Isaac, they would have walked down off of the mountain together. But all Abraham would have had was a boy who would die, he'd live his life and die with no destiny attached. But oh, hallelujah, when he cut him loose, what came off of the altar was not had one on the altar. What went in the tomb was not what come out of the tomb on the third day. It was a Jesus in flesh who was made sin who went in the tomb. But it was the almighty God who came out in resurrection. Maybe I don't know where we are, but I can tell you this. We're not walking down off of the mountain hand in hand with flesh, but we're walking down off of the mountain with something, hallelujah, that's got the DNA of the supernatural God in it, that's going to shake nations, that's going to turn the world upside down. Yeah. And before they left the mountain, 
something beautiful happened. Abraham, he untied Isaac. And him and Isaac went over to the thicket and got the ram together. And Isaac's standing there and he's watching his daddy tie that ram up. And now he knows firsthand what it feels like to be that. And the impact of what he's watching is so profound. And him and his daddy are standing there. And Abraham, he's about ready to shout all over the mountain because he ain't killing his son. He's killing the provision that God made. And that day, hallelujah, Isaac watched Abraham cut the throat of the ram and the blood fall out on the ground. And Abraham looked at him and said, let's go home, son. Hallelujah. And father of faith that had walked up the mountain with the son turned around and walked off of the mountain with nations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Except the seed fall into the ground and die. See, you can't you can't figure out what God's going to do. Uh, we think we got it all worked out, but God says, I'm getting ready to astound you. I'm going to do things that you never imagined, for he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. Just when you think this is the way it is, God said, no, it's bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's more powerful. It's more profound. Stand with me. What's amazing is after that time, you never again find chronicled in the scriptures where God ever tested Abraham again, gave him six more boys. See, what Abraham's believing God to resurrect Isaac, but his loins, his loins are dead. But when he got in the atmosphere of resurrection, not only did Isaac change from seed to harvest, God healed Abraham's loins. Because he fathered six more sons with Keturah and died at 175 years old. And here we are, thousands of years later, shouting about a man who is so extraordinary that he's called the friend of God. And the Father. I told the Lord, I said, my greatest concern is I just don't want to disappoint you. I could handle the embarrassment of the world saying, well, Pastor Kent couldn't pull it off. But I couldn't handle the Father going, You didn't do what I asked. 
many of you are standing on Mount Moriah right now. Please hear me. This is, I'm not talking about money. But God is saying, I've been talking to you about giving me something and you, you've been holding back. I need you to trust me. If you can tell God today, all right, this is the hardest thing you've ever asked me to do, but today I say yes. Quickly, wherever you're at, find a place up in the front here. And I'm not going to make this call very many times, but I, I, I feel a beckoning of the Spirit of the Lord that when God said Abraham, he said, here am I. Can you respond today to whatever God is <clears throat> talking to you about? Hallelujah. 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 Boy, I feel, I feel there's something. Listen, we're, we're in the middle of stepping over into a resurrection dimension in the Holy Ghost. Sunday. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to invite everyone in just a moment for, for those of you that are here. Why don't you raise your hands? Oh God, I'm asking you to give us the strength to walk this out. Lord, to each of us, our Isaac is different. To each of us as we stand here today, God, what you have defined for us to give is different. But Lord, I'm asking you, hallelujah, that over these next few days, that we will raise the knife. God, that we will be willing to raise the knife on that which we love so dearly. My God, can you feel that in the atmosphere? Now all over this building, come on, come quickly. Let's, let's get up close to the front because there is a release. There is anointing in the atmosphere. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord, for the revelation of your word. In the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Oh, the spirit and the bride say, come. Let all who hear say, come. 
I want to go back just to one point because I'm, I really feel this in my spirit. This whole story was about God wanted to give something to Abraham. That's what this whole story is about is God wanted to give him something that was so huge, so divine, so supernatural. But Abraham was going to have to come through the door of faith to get there. Don't think in terms of loss. Listen, over that year and a half that my wife and I gave 50%, we, we never lost our home. In fact, when we went to buy the house that we lived in for 28 years, we had been behind on credit cards, house payments, car payments, and when they ran my credit, it was A1. See, it was just God doing it. Don't let the enemy torment you about well, God, if I, if I give this to you, and again, I'm not talking about money necessarily. I'm just talking about a release of yourself to God. Whenever God asks you for something, there will never be loss. There might be temporary loss, but when you give God what he's asking for in the natural God is going to give you back something that's in the supernatural. And the supernatural cannot be touched by death, sickness, reversals of finance, demons, because it's coming out of heaven. So as Jasmine leads us in worship again, I want you just to raise your hands to the Lord. And I want you to tell God, Lord, I'm releasing worship. Hallelujah. 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 God, we worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Spirit in the bright say, come. Spirit in the bright say, come.
the devil is a liar. <laughs> every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. I don't want to close without just giving somebody an opportunity to receive Jesus. And then we're going to pray. The most important question that will be asked you in your entire lifetime. Are you sure? That's all. Are you sure? Do you know Jesus? Maybe you've been living on the fringes. You've been doing things that you know are against the will and plan of God for your life. You just want to say, Pastor Candy, today, I just want to be sure. We're going to pray that this prayer together. Just slip up your hand and slip it back down and say, that's me. I'm here. Yes, sir, I see. Anybody else? Anybody else? I just want you to know, yes, I see. Anybody else? Jesus loves you. And even our friends and family online. I want you to pray this prayer together. Anybody else, you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor Candy, would you pray for me that I can be sure, that I can be sure. All right, as a family, the family of God, we're going to pray this prayer together from front to back and side to side. Everybody pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross and He rose again that I could have eternal life. So Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you wash me in the blood of Jesus? Would you forgive me of all of my sins? I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name in Jesus name if you prayed that prayer for the first time I've got a prayer team over here uh, Pastor Cheryl Elliott with her hand raised and uh, I've got some folks here on a prayer team they want to talk with you I think we've got some Bibles for you and so if you will see them after church uh, they want to help you and just tell you how to live victorious in Christ now I want to say this to the rest of us some of us are at a Red Sea moment there's an old saying that God made a way where there seemed to be no way. But I'm telling you, God is ready and willing to make a way where there is no way. The Bible says, having done all to stand, we just stand, therefore. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you will give us the grace to stand. Lord, in the face of adversity, and God, just be immovable, unshakable, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I believe at this moment, God, we're stepping from the natural into the supernatural provision of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. We're going from the natural to the miraculous. God, we declare it. We decree it. Father, you said decree a thing and it shall be established. So, Lord, we decree and declare supernatural provision in the name of Jesus. Lord, for each person, each family, each business represented. God, for our new church building. God, we decree and declare it in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to give God thanks. Lord, we thank you in advance. We thank you on this side of the river. God, we thank you before we see it. God, we are not of those who walk by sight, but we walk by faith. In the name of Jesus, give Jesus Christ the greatest hand clap of the day. Hallelujah!
praise will continually be in my mouth. Do you believe that? I love you so much. I appreciate you. I love doing life with you. Did you enjoy your pastor today? My goodness gracious. I've known, I've kind of just left him alone this week. He's been birthing, seriously, God's been birthing this word in his spirit. And aren't you glad? It changed my life today. So good. So I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We've got a podcast on Tuesday. Don't forget to sign up for the tent building making. So if, you, if you're an able-bodied person and you don't mind putting up a tent, come and help us. I love you. God bless you. Have a great week.